Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe back with another edition of the NAIF Ball Podcast, powered by AdCraft Custom Apparel and Merch, your merch experts and apparel and uniform experts since 1974, 49 years in the business. Give them a call. They know how to do it. They're NAI, born and bred there. But tonight, we have Coach Matt McCarty from the national champion Northwestern Red Raiders. That's right. We've made it all the way from the round of 16 all the way through the playoffs. And now we're here with our champion. Coach, does that get old? Definitely not. Uh, it doesn't get old at all. It's, it's, uh, I mean, every time I hear it, it's still pretty surreal. You know, uh, something I was thinking about tonight uh, when I was putting this stuff together was, was a proverb, um, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And, you know, talk to me about your team. You know, a year and a half ago, you were this close to to winning a national championship. Come a year and a half later, and you win one. Talk about, you know, kind of that in terms of the proverb. Yeah, I mean, it's such a whirlwind if you look back and, um, you know, the, the COVID season where you played the playoffs in the spring and, and that was such a good run for us and, and really an unexpected run. I, you know, we went into the playoffs, I think ranked sixth or seventh and won, won a couple of big games on the road and, and, and got an opportunity to play for a national championship um, through some adversity. You know, our, we lost our starting quarterback who's the national player of the year in the semifinals. And, um, you know, I think, the, the, the work that our guys put in, that, that showed them what they're capable of that, that spring. And that fueled belief. And the next season, we had a, we had a really good season. And um, unfortunately, just came up short in the semifinals. But uh, again, it's one of those experiences. Those two experiences allowed us to, to accomplish what we did this year. Um, just growing through those. And, and our guys, you know, had that dream. And they believed in each other so much and what we are capable of. That come this year is a pretty special run, and, and we were playing our best football the last couple months of the season, and it was, it was so fun to see. And um, just that group, that group of seniors meant so much for our program and has been through so much. But the experience in 2020 definitely helped us win a title this year. Well, Coach, two years ago in, in 2020, I, I asked Steve Ryan the question, how happy are you to never have to deal with Tyson Coima ever again? So I'm going to flip the question around. How happy are you that you no longer have to ever worry about Joe Dolinchek ever again? Well, let's see, I coach our corners, so I'm, I'm pretty excited that we don't have to see him next year. 
Um, you know, Joe's a great competitor. Um, you know, he's, he's had a fantastic career at Morningside and, um, we, we've had some battles and, you know, he had a couple of throws this year in our game and that, that it's like, man, that, that's, those are perfect throws in that situation. And, you know, he made a couple of big plays to, to, to knock us off in that first week, but, um, yeah, I'm not going to miss, uh, not seeing him out there. But you know, good and well, that Morningside's got like some second string quarterback that no one's ever heard of. That's going to come through and be the next generational talent. You're like, going, ah, who's it going to be this time? Absolutely. Steve's never had a bad quarterback. <laughs> well, coach, I, w- I want to talk about yours for a second. You, you start the season with, with one quarterback with, with Blake. And, and we talked about, uh, about Blake last, uh, last year coming into the, the year. And, you know, you were very high on Blake and, uh, you know, mid-season, you do make the switch to to Jalen Gramstad. How do you how do you make that switch? I mean, that's got to be one of the worst feelings in the world to have to call in that quarterback and go. Ah, I'm sorry, dude, but we're going to go a different direction. Yeah, you know, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, Blake did an outstanding job for us, and and you look back all the way back to the 2020 national championship game. Um, going undefeated as a starter the next season for us. And, um, you know, really had an outstanding spring and a really good fall camp. And, you know, Jalen and his head started on defense for us the two years prior. But Jalen was pretty adamant last spring. He wanted to switch back to quarterback. And, and so we let Jalen. And, you know, throughout spring and throughout fall camp, you know, Blake had just played better. And so going into week one against Morningside, um, you know, Blake was our starter. And we wanted to use Jalen, though. Jalen just brings a little bit of different aspect to the game. and so we knew going into that game that we were going to use Jalen a little bit. And, and so we did, and Jalen had a pretty good game and some, some, some really nice runs and just change of pace for us as a quarterback. Um, and then really the next couple of weeks, Blake, they were Blake's games. Blake took over, Blake dominated the next couple of weeks and, and Jalen played in the fourth quarter only. Um, and then against Concordia, the start of the second half, I think it might've been the first or second play of the second half. Um, Blake rolled his ankle and went down with an injury. And Jalen came in and really sparked us to a, a, a great win there at, a, you know, I think 150, 170 yards rushing in the second half and and really took off the rest of the season. And, and so, you know, Blake had a high ankle sprain. By the time Blake got back and was healthy, Jalen had just been on a roll and was playing really well and was, was really a pretty electric player for our offense. And so, we, yeah, we made the decision that uh, it was best for our offense and our team to go with Jalen. And, um, yeah, it wasn't easy. Um, but under, at the end of the day, you know, I think, you know, we're trying to do what's best for the team as a whole. And it's tough because Blake meant a lot to our program. And um, but you're, you're trying to do what's best for the group. And, and um, you know, at the end of the day, we were able to win a national championship. And, and you know, Blake's a national championship and Jalen's a national champion. And, and all of those all of those things that the team the team accomplished its goals. I, I do remember that game against Concordia. Um... I think Jalen actually won our player of the week that week, if I remember correctly, on a buck 79 passing on 9 of 11 um, and 14 rushes, 190, 184 yards, which is stupid, absurd, and four touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, I remember looking at that uh, boxer going, oh, jeez, that's... Those are video game numbers. 
they, they really were. But then that's what you saw as, as the season progressed. He continued to get better. And, you know, he hadn't played quarterback in two years. And so the, the more experience he got, the better he played. And, and you look at our playoff run, um, you know, Jalen was pretty dynamic in, in all four of those playoff victories. And, um, you know, Kaiser was an, a, an outstanding team. That We played some outstanding defenses in the playoffs. I mean, you know, Dickinson State, Marion, Indiana, Wesley, and, and Kaiser, those are four really good defenses. Um, and Jalen was phenomenal in our playoff run. And, um, you know, I think he's just scratching the surface, which is pretty scary because um, in 10 games, I think he ended with 24 rushing touchdowns and, and still threw for, um, you know, quite a few yards as well and had over a thousand yards rushing. And so it, um, he's quite the weapon back there. Yeah, 48 combined touchdowns between through the air and on the ground, 2,511 uh, passing yards and 1,024 rushing yards. I mean, anytime your quarterback gets 7.3 yards per pop in college where sacks count against the rushing yards, that's that, that, that'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> that's good. We should probably just run it more, I guess. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the, um, your rushing attack last year. Okay. Let's, let's roll, let's roll the clock back a he- again here a little bit back to 2020. That, Semifinal game against Morningside. McQuillan had like two yards. Yeah, we, we ran the ball three times in that game. So, uh, you know, then we just felt like it was a matchup that we had that yeah. game. And obviously the familiarity, we've, we've played them quite a few times in the last few years. And with our receivers that year and with Coima, we, we just felt like that was our better matchup. And, um, you know, look at Connor too. Last year, you know, I think, we, we, we tried to even the load a little bit with him and Meyer throughout the season because we had hopes of having a longer playoff run. And then as we got to the postseason, Connor was fresh and, and Connor was outstanding in the playoffs for us. Um, and, and the fun part is you go through spring football right now, just wrapping up spring ball. Connor looks the best he's ever looked. And he's such a threat out of the backfield catching the football for us that, um, yeah, he, he's, he's just he looks better than he ever has, which is exciting. Yeah, 273 yards to the uh receiving for Connor last year. The but, but the point there is you know you go from that in 2020 to you know obviously Coima is, was the dude taking the majority of of rushing rushing snaps there but the 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 spread there last year between the 1000 for for Gramstad McQuillan has 806 and and Meyer has 543 um you know it's just Man, Northwestern's turning into a smash mouth football team over here. Aside from you know Story having eleven hundred and fifty daggum receiving yards. Yeah, and for us, I mean that's important. It's just a, it's a style of play, um, and we know with where we are. You know, I think the three home games we hosted, uh, I don't think they ever were in above twenty degrees. And so, you know, coming at that time of the year, you know, you have to be able to win the line of scrimmage and and run the football. And I think that's really important for us. And we've developed that mindset and that mentality. Um, but I, we're going to throw the ball around quite a bit. We've had, we've had some really good receivers and we had an all American tight end last year. And, um, you know, I think being multiple is so important. Well, you, you do make that point and you are losing three all conference linemen, um, between Marquez, Will and Johnson. Talk to me about putting a, an offensive line together in a position where, Obviously, five must act as one. 
Yeah, you know, I think going into spring ball, you know, that would be our, that would have been our biggest uh, concern or question mark, maybe going into our, our spring practices. Uh, leaving spring ball, definitely not a concern. Um, you know, I think we graduated, you know, Travis Grover was another one we graduated as a four year starter for us. I think we graduated our coaches total at around 240 starts on the offensive line. Um, but, you know, it's kind of exciting because Jawan Grant started for us last year at right guard, did an outstanding job for us. Uh, he's back. Uh, Cole Cleveringa started two playoff games for us and then played the fourth quarter of our national championship game at, at right tackle. You know, Cole a, a, was a redshirt freshman last year. He's back and has had a great spring. And then Patrick Gottberg playing left guard. Patrick's really been our sixth offensive lineman the last couple of years. So, you know, back to 2020 even. So he's played a lot of games. Uh, as a kind of our sixth offensive lineman rotating in those all three positions up front, which is really helpful. And then Jordan Smith at left tackle and Cameron Morgan at center are both guys that have played a lot are multiple years in our program guys. So they're not, we're not, we're not, we're playing guys that have experience within our program and have played a lot of snaps. And that's one of the things we've been able to do, you know, throughout last season was get a lot of guys in games towards the end of games and get that experience, which has been big. And then, we, we've had a really good recruiting class up front that we were able to redshirt. And I think that's been big for us the last couple of years, uh, just the maturity and growth that we've seen. And we're not, we're not putting out 18 year olds on the field we're, you know, we're able to put guys who are strong and mature and, and grown up a little bit. So, you know, leaving, leaving spring football, I think we're really excited about where our offensive line is as a group. Defensively, you, you lose a couple of big pieces, especially, uh, looking at linebacker, looking at defensive back, uh, you know, losing Parker Fryer, losing Tanner Olson, uh, losing Jaden Snyder, losing Noah Vantoff. Vantoff has been, you know, just a, a, basically the quarterback of the defense, you know, back there knowing where everything's going from that, uh, you know, safety corner spot. Uh, you do bring Brack Jacob Dragster on the, on the defensive line there uh, as an all-conference selection and Ben Kingery as a second-team all-conference selection, but... Man, talk to me about replacing, uh, you know, what, a good third of your defense? Yeah, you know, and I think defensively, um, we, we've played a lot of guys, and, and we, we lose some really key guys, like you mentioned. And, and those guys, you know, I, as you mentioned, I mean, I think about the leadership aspect that we lose from those guys. Those guys have been outstanding leaders for us and, and, and great playmakers as well. Um, but if I look at that group, you know, I think we feel like our defensive line is the strength of our defense uh, with Jacob Dragster back. Morris Hofer is also a returning starter up front. And Morris is uh, just been, he was really disruptive last year for us. I think he might have been an honorable mention all-conference guy. Um, but a big one is getting Jessen Rankin back. We missed Jessen all last year. Uh, last summer, Jessen was diagnosed with cancer and, and, and battled that all last season, went through chemo. And he's back. He's healthy. You know, Dang. he played at about 230, 235 before, um, and he's about 250 right now and looks just phenomenal, has an outstanding spring. Um, I think he's all-American potential for us up front. So that's really exciting having him back. Um, yeah, losing Parker Fryer, Tanner Olson, those guys have been huge for us at linebacker. Uh, thankfully, Ben Egley is a kid that got some starts when Tanner was hurt last year for us at, at our Sam linebacker. And one of his two starts, he was our conference player of the week. And, and so Ben's a phenomenal player. He played for us as a freshman. And then we've moved Tristan Mulder around. Tristan was a backup, rotated with Ben Kingery at Mike last year, moved him to Will. 
Um, so we feel like we've got three really solid players there and, and some really good depth behind them. And then in the secondary, we, we've moved Cody Mosier back to safety. Um, you know, Cody's a, a smart football player. And, and so we've had him back there and we've had some young guys competing, which is really fun. Um, you know, you lose guys, you, you always lose guys. And when you're a good team, you, sh- you should lose guys, you should lose good players. But the, the opportunity that guys have to compete, that that's really exciting to see. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see some new faces out there, but they're, again, they're faces that have been in our program and understand what we do and the way we play. One thing that um, Steve Ryan said when we chatted with him was, uh, you know, how hard it is to find out a conference matchups to which I said, gee, coach, I can't imagine why. Um, <laughs> um, but, but y'all have, y'all have one in Drake coming up and, and talk to me about, you know, getting to go over to Des Moines and take on the Bulldogs. Yeah, you know, we're like really excited about that. We, we actually scheduled that game in, in the spring of 2020. So during that, that playoff run in the spring, uh, we, we had actually scheduled this game with Drake. And so to, to be able to, to go to Des Moines for us, you know, our, our alumni base, there is a strong alumni base in Des Moines for us. Um, to be able to play in front of them is, is, will be nice. Um, but then uh, so we have so many Iowa high school kids on our team that a lot of them have ran in Drake Stadium, you know, the state track meet, Drake relays. And so for them to just get that opportunity to go there and play football in Drake Stadium will be pretty, pretty awesome, pretty special. And, and it's an opportunity to compete, you know, in state, uh, another school in state. You know, I think our guys are, are really excited about that. They know it'll be a, a tough task, but I, I think they're looking forward to that. And later on the season, you finally, for the first time in about five years, don't have mornings out of the beginning or ending of your season. Um, that's the good news. The bad news, they stuck them right next to Dort. Um, I don't know who's doing y'all schedules, but they, they really have a thing for, for sticking Morningside in a really, in a really weird spot for y'all. Um, talk to me about, you know, that, that two game stretch there, especially, and making sure that, uh, as, as you get into the back half of your season, that you're going at a high level. Yeah. You know, I, and I think it, you know, if you, to get to that part of the season, you know, you really have to go back to the beginning in terms of we have to navigate you know, we, we have some inexperienced players and we open up on the road at Concordia, which will be a tough game. And then then we go to Drake and play on the road at Drake. And so I think we're only home once in like our first four or five weeks of the season. And so uh, we have to be able to be able to be very present as we work through those through those weeks. And, you know, sometimes when, you know, some of those so-called big games or rivalry games are later in the year, um, you don't want to get caught looking ahead. And I think that's, that's the problem. You want to be where your feet are and, and go week to week. And I think that's been the most impressive thing with our team is that they're able to do that. They, they don't look past people. Uh, they're always focused on just playing their best each week. And I think that helps us navigate the season. Um, yeah, you know, back-to-back weeks, that, that'll be a challenge. And, you know, when you play those two back-to-back, the physical toll is probably the biggest thing. Um, but, you know, I, I think our guys will be ready for that. And it, it's, Regardless of when you play those games or where you play those games, they're they're fun. They're, it's a it's a great atmosphere. Um, you know, it, it's something it's it's awesome to be a part of. The communities rally around it so much, and so you know, play them week one or week ten, whenever it is. You know, it's going to be a big game. It's going to be fun and be a great atmosphere. Coach, one thing that is is possibly the hardest thing to do in in all of sports, I think, is 
to figure out how to motivate your guys coming off a championship. Um, y- you know, to to go back to the peak after being there is is terribly difficult. I mean, you look at guys like Phil Jackson who are able to do it. You look at the the Patriots under Belichick who have done it multiple times. How how have you been preaching to your team about clearing last year and approaching this year as a new year and a new run? Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, yeah, I think you, what you don't want to do is is you know kind of rest on yeah we we won the championship and that's what we've accomplished. I think for us, it goes back to the winning a championship is never one of our goals. Uh, as as maybe as crazy as that sounds, it's not something we ever talk about. Uh, we talk about pursuing excellence and really just being our best in everything we do. So I think for us, it's got to go back to that, 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 that team last year playing their best resulted in winning a national championship, but their focus on it was on being their best every day and, and working really hard and, and doing everything they could to that standard of excellence that we have within our program. Um, and the result of that was a championship, which was awesome. And I think the challenge then for this year's group and something we've talked about is when we got together in January, um, you know, I, I showed them a picture of a mountain. Every team's trying to get to the top of the mountain. But right now in January, every team is at the bottom. So regardless of whether we won it last year or you didn't make the playoffs, wherever you are, we all start at the bottom. And we, we've got to take a step day by day to get to the top. We can't skip to the top. We can't jump to the top. Um, it's a day by day process that we've got to get there. And, and our guys have really bought in, into that. Uh, we read the carpenter by John Gordon this off season. And, and one of the th- themes of that book, uh, is, is making sure your next opportunity or your next project is your best project. And that's really something our guys have hung their hat on is yeah, last year was great, but that was last year. And we want to make our next time we step on the field, our best game we've played and then do that again the next time. And so our guys have really embraced that. We've got great leadership within our players. Um, so it's been really fun to see them and, and this team. Every team's got its own personality and uh, see this team kind of be who they are as they went through this offseason. And um, I, I know our leaders and how hungry they are that, that they'll be ready to play next year. All right, Coach. Well, we are so glad that uh, you could make it on the, on the show tonight. We are super excited. About next season, I mean, it's it's kind of the the end of our our you know playoff coach interviews, and so within the next few weeks, we'll be starting to get into conference previews and really starting to to dig deep into uh, the, the every team in the NAI from conference to conference, and and that is the that's one of the truest signals to me that we are slowly inching our way towards fall. We can't wait. I mean, the GPAC is going to be so good next year. I mean, last year, Concordia was really, really good. Um, you know, uh, Midland has been really, really good. Jamestown is uh, putting it together. Uh, Dort has, uh, you know, been down for, you know, under their kind of playoff high for that one year and is trying to make it back. But, I mean, the, that, the GPAC just keeps getting deeper and deeper and, and more and more talented. It's just amazing to watch. Yeah, the, I, I would. I mean, I would agree. There's really good football around here, and that's something as we we went through the playoffs. You know, I think you you realize that the teams that have prepared you to get to that point, 
and we, we felt like we were really well prepared because of what we had to go through during the season. And, and we've got some really good football around here. There's great coaches in our league and um, yeah, every team's got players that, that can beat you if you're not prepared. And that, that's what you want. Well, coach, thanks for coming on tonight and well, we'll see you in the fall. Hey, yeah, I appreciate you guys and everything you do. It's, it's pretty awesome. You know, given the platform for our level of football, uh, NAI football is great football. And so for you guys to, to give, you know, our program a spotlight and a platform, but all the programs in our, at our level, a spotlight and the, the platform that you guys do is it, it's awesome. We really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF ball podcast presented by Adcraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash n-a-i-a-f-b-a-l-l and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.